This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 333. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On this Saturday episode we are looking at two screeners sent through to me um, of titles which are now available on Arrow Video. Now, one of them was a physical release that was sent through but this is available via the Arrow Player as is my second title available via the Arrow Player. The physical title that we will be reviewing is Joint Security Area by the great Park Chan Wook. Now that one was supplied to me via MVD in the States. Thank you very much for the copy and we'll be reviewing that first. The second title was sent to me directly from Arrow via the Arrow Player, which is available right now and you get 33 days of access to their content. Jesus Christ, their content is daunting. Tons of stuff up there this month for you to jump in and start navigating and exploring. This one is Burst City. It is a Japanese title from the kind of early 80s and is... Oh, I can't wait to talk about this one. I had an absolute fucking ball with this. So yeah, that's what you're getting. Double bill of Asian cinema on this episode with Joint Security Agency and a little bit of Burst City. Now, before we get to that, this is the last episode coming out from the podcast under the stairs feed this week. No episode on Sunday. We are returning strong on Monday, bringing you a little bit of some awesome box set content. And we will carry that through the week with some movie club. I have next Saturday episode all lined up for you. It's a special review of Horns featuring a brand new podcast voice so I'm very much looking forward to dropping that and then on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday we'll be turning our attention to the 88 film slasher classic collection so that is your lineup there before the end of this week though coming tomorrow on the Teapots Collective feed you'll be getting the next instalment of Opera Omnia myself and Bo Ransdell looking at the game from 1997 and our journey through the filmography of David Fincher Available right now, as in had dropped yesterday, for you to check out. You can check out the brand new episode of Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. Myself, The Baz, Scott Liam, sitting down, having all manner of weird drunken conversations. And that is episode two, available right now for you. And access everything I do through the website tputzcast.com. Okay, shall we get into this? Yes, Duncan, let's get into this. Thank you very much, anonymous listener. Let's do this. Uh, we are going to stop right now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for our first movie, which is available via the Arrow Player right now, although you can buy it physically as well. It is also available for you to purchase. This is Joint Security Area by the great and powerful Park Chan-wook. Review for that movie, coming right up. Right after this. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? 
Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. This is a very special case. Our job is to find out not who, but why. The perpetrator is already in custody. We even have his confession. Your ultimate goal is to remain perfectly neutral and not to provoke either the South or the North. You just heard the trailer for JSA Joint Security Area. This one is available via Arrow. It came out back in January. And, well, the Arrow release came out in January. The movie's from the early 2000s. This one is directed by Park Chan-wook. This is his, what he classes his first feature. Technically, I believe it's his second, maybe his third... Uh, but this is the first one that puts him on the map and will lead to, oh, the Vengeance Trilogy is what he does right after this. So, only great things in that man's future after doing this. Now, it is available on the Arrow Player where we will circle back to that and discuss that more on Burst City which was a title that I watched directly on there. But if you don't have the time to buy this, uh, or the funds at the moment. 30 days free on that Arrow player. You can jump across and check out this movie right now. The details on the disc for this one is... Before Old Boy, Before The Handmaiden, 
Visionary filmmaker Pat Chan-wook helmed this gripping tale of deceit, misunderstanding and the senselessness of war. Gunfire breaks out in the demilitarised zone between North and South Korea, leaving two North Korea soldiers dead and a wounded South Korean soldier, Lee Byung-hun, of the good, the bad and the weird, as he flees to safety. With the tenuous pace between the two warring nations on a knife edge, a neutral team of investigators headed by Swiss Army Major Sophie Jen, played by Lee Yong-ah of Lady Vengeance, she is dispatched to question both sides to determine what really happened under cover of darkness out in no man's land. The recipient of multiple accolades, including Best Film at South Korea's 2001 Grand Bell Awards, JSA showcases Park's iconic style in an embryonic form and demonstrates that humanity and common purpose can be found in the most unlikely of places. Details on the disc are production year of 2000. This one is regional up to region B, but you can get it in America. In fact, it's the American version that I am... am technically reviewing even though already on the UK version as well so it's available region B and region A. This is a UK rating of 15. The runtime is 1 hour and 50 minutes. The number of discs 1. Language is Korean with English subtitles. Audio is 5.1 or 2.0. The aspect ratio is 235.1 and it's in full colour. Cast and crew of note on this one, director Park Chan-wook. Cast is Lee Young-a, Lee Boon-hoon and Song Kang-ho. The extras on this disc, and this is kind of sweet. You have a high-definition Blu-ray 1080p presentation, the original lossless Korean DTS HD Master Audio 5.1 and PCM 2.0 stereo soundtracks. You have optional English subtitles, a new audio commentary by the writer and critic Simon Ward. Isolated music and effects track, newly recorded interview with Asian cinema expert Jasper Sharp, the GSA story and making of the film, two archival featurettes on the film production, about GSA, a series of archival introductions to the film by members of the cast, behind the scenes montage, opening ceremony footage, we have two music videos, letter from a private and take the power back, theatrical trailer, TV spot, image gallery and reversible sleeve featuring original and newly commissioned artwork by Colin Murdoch. In the first pressing, which is still available at the moment, you have an illustrated collector's booklet featuring new writing by Kieran Fisher. So that, ladies and gents, is the deets for this one. So I'd seen Joint Security Area before many years ago. I'm just going to refer to it as GSA to stop my tongue getting twisted. Um, so I'd seen it many years ago, and this is the first viewing in over a decade. Um, I mean, I always said I always knew I liked this title, but uh, you know, the Vengeance trilogy for me ranks up so high amongst um, Park Chan Wook's catalogue of movies that sometimes I forget that he really hits the ground running on this movie. It kind of has an almost um, Rashomon esque sort of feel to it. Uh, for those that don't understand what that means, Rashomon is a tale in Japan where. Um, you're trying to work out the events of something bad that's happened from three different people's perspectives, but ultimately somewhere in the midst of those three different stories lies the truth, because each version of the truth is tailored or tampered by our 
our own perceptions. The way we experience something is not the way it actually happens. The way our memory recalls things is not the way it actually happens either. Uh, There's a great degree of kind of cognitive bias that slips into the way that we perceive or tell or retell events that happen. So it's a technique that's been used tons. Um, This is not just bespokely a Japanese thing, but I kind of enjoy that. In the case of this one here, it's maybe less that and more the the idea of there are logical reasons why the stories that are being told are not necessarily correct. And as the audience travelling through investigating things further through flashbacks, we start to understand that the... The events that we see as being kind of almost like, oh, well, this is, you know, case closed, book them, Dano, uh, is not necessarily the fact here. The primary crux of the story is that, and I, I'm fully aware that it's maybe a lesser seen one, so I'm not going to go too spoilery, but the primary crux of the story here is that you have two surviving South Korean soldiers um, and you have two dead North Korean soldiers with one North Korean survivor badly injured. Um, It looks like at some point there's been some sort of scuffle and the South Korean soldiers have kind of stood up uh, for themselves, defended their territory and, and, you know, put down these evil communist North Korean people. Um, As the story progresses on, you realise that the, the version of the story isn't necessarily true. And actually, the further you start to dig in, the more you realise that it's it's far more tragic and harrowing than first realised. The movie is shot beautifully. I mean, Park Chan-wook, even if you don't like him as a storyteller, and I know some people that are weird out there that don't like Park Chan-wook, his visual eye is fucking breathtaking. And the, the, the kind of camera techniques he uses, it's specifically in the storytelling, uh, the angles, the, the reshot of certain scenes, but done again through different kind of contextual lenses, are brilliant in this one. It's aided by a powerful, beautiful score and a very clever script. Uh, Park Chan-wook himself um, tends to put in a high degree of kind of philosophy in there because he studied that when he was at uni and most of his movies have some some sort of philosophical bent to them uh the the kind of main the main focus through this movie is the the idea of um even though north korea and south korea are at war they are still the same people they're still the same country there's just an imaginary, well it's not imaginary, but there's a line that divides a country which is self-imposed but there are relatives on either side and the idea that the soldiers on the ground will feel a degree of sympathy or apathy for their counterparts on the other side who are drawn into the exact same level of military discipline over something which is before their lifetime, I think is... It's kind of cool and kind of powerful. The The further you go into that through the interactions of the characters, the more tragic the ending is overall. I think that's that's maybe where the power of this movie lies. Uh, like I say, I don't really want to go too much into spoiler detail here because this, this could very well possibly... In fact, both titles in this episode are most likely titles that you may have heard of but 
most likely have never seen. Um, joint Security Agency, I, I, or Joint Security Area, or GSE, is, I mean, it's it's up there as, like, one of the best films of 2000, in my personal opinion. That year was fucking hella good for stuff coming from, like, Asian cinema. Like, on any given day, I would happily pair, even though they're, diametrically the, the opposite sort of movie but you could totally pair up a little bit of GSA and Battle Royale and you have a great night of Asian cinema there completely different tone but a great night of Asian cinema just lined up with heftier kind of loftier tones but told through the styles of two very different directors um, the Arrow release the the special features are fucking great. Like the the kind of behind the scenes archival featurette stuff is awesome. And Jasper Sharp, who is the kind of I will give you the history of Asian cinema, he's very knowledgeable. I, like it was interesting listening to him talking about the titles that started to get picked up by uh, Tartan Asia and Tartan Asia Extreme, because I I was in the video store as a manager way 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 back in the day during that time period so I've a distinct memory of titles coming in from the, the Tartan Asia um, label specifically the extreme side of things but seeing all that kind of charting that stuff through is like if you're a, a bit of a cinephile it's kind of geeky and it's kind of fun to watch the print for this movie is absolutely fucking immaculate the sound is beautiful and lush it's a great fucking movie. It is one that if you've never seen GSE, then please do. I think, you know, I think it's it's a very clever, very well constructed, beautifully shot and tragically captivating experience. And yeah, like I said, it is available on Blu-ray. You can go away and buy it right now if you want. If you're in both the States and in the UK, it's available via Arrow Video. But it's also available on that Arrow player for you to check out. And you get 30 free days with the Arrow player. And it's available on um, Apple TV, the Amazon Fire Stick, Roku. You can get it directly through your web browser. So there's no excuse. 33 days free. Check out the movie or buy a copy. God damn it. Buy some physical media. Save the physical media. Do it. You know you want to. Uh, when it comes to a score for GSA, it's a five. I absolutely adore this movie. I think it's absolutely the mutts nuts. Uh, so it's a five for GSA. See if you get a chance to watch it. Ping me a message uh, so I can go a little bit more into detail about what actually happens. Like I said, I just don't want to spoil it because it does. The, the experience of watching the movie, specifically the first time, hinges on you knowing uh, probably about the level of what I've given you no more. So there we go. We're going to take a short break. You are going to hear the trailer for our final movie. This one is Burst City, which is available currently directly through the Arrow player. I want to see it's got a physical release coming soon and by the time I come back after this break I will be able to tell you all about that right after this.
and welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Burst City. Now in the interim, I did find out it was actually released right towards the end of last year physically. So this one is one that you can go out and check out physically right now if you want. However, it is also available on the Arrow player. Now, Arrow gave me exclusive access to a screener on the player. Thank you very much for that. It was done via their PR company Fetch. Once again, thanks for that. So that's the version I'll be reviewing. So I won't be giving you any of the special features, but I will be giving you the details from their website. Description for this one is Burst City is an explosive Molotov cocktail of dystopian sci-fi, Mad Max-style biker wars against Yakuza gangsters and the police, and a riotous performance of the members of real-life Japanese punk bands The Stalin, The Roosters, The Rockers and INU. In a derelict industrial wasteland somewhere in the outskirts of Tokyo, two rival punk bands and their unruly mobs of fans gather for a Battle of the Band-style protest against the construction of a nuclear power plant, bringing them head-to-head -head with the Yakuza industrialists behind the development on the turf. This extraordinary collaboration of Japanese punk music scene of the early 1980s thrust Sogo Ishii, now known by the name Gakuri Ishii, the underground filmmaking wunderkid behind such works as Half Human and Angel Dust and Electric Dragon to the next level and is regularly cited as an early landmark in Japanese cyberpunk cinema. The cast and crew details are a director was Sogo Ishii, uh, cast is Michiro Endo, Seguri Izumiya and Takanori Jinai. The movie itself, I'd never seen this before. I, I was aware of it. Um, I want to say I was aware of it because I'd asked... Now, I either asked a listener or I asked Google, most likely will have been Google, for recommendations of movies off the back of watching Repo Man. And this is one that came up. And it holds a lot of... Uh, kind of cult accolades specifically for its imagery it's almost kind of this is dystopian music video sort of feel and also because it is basically I would say 75% of Japanese punk bands playing live on stage in front of a kind of cyberpunk audience so I was in um, and to be honest that's predominantly the movie the Yakuza stuff is maybe 30% in the movie if you're lucky it's mostly kind of art house style setups to kind of dystopian cyberpunk punk music videos um, and it wasn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be but by god did I have a fucking ball with this movie it's probably the answer to the question what movie most represents the the style and the attitude of punk music the best? Um, I think Burst City's probably right up there. There's just something really raw and kind of anti-establishment and guerrilla and, and raw. I know I've mentioned that before, but I'm going to mention it again. It's just got this, this swagger about it and this experimental nature which is is difficult to take your eyes off the screen. Now as a surprisingly long runtime, if I'm honest, uh, this movie runs just shy of two hours. It's like five minutes short of two hours, which I was kind of taken 
aback by. I wasn't expecting, because you don't usually get this length of this sort of movie, but weirdly, it, it kind of kind of flies in. I think it's due to the fact that there's a lot of music going on here. There's You're listening to songs, those songs are awesome, and before you know it, you're on to the next part of the movie. And then, wait one second, we're back doing more music. It's kind of interesting that it's, in a weird way, very much in keeping with that idea of aversion to to uh, nuclear power or nuclear tech that you get in a lot of Japanese cinema, kind of post-Hiroshima uh, um, and Nagasaki. It's got, kind of got that, you know, man should not be tampering with things. But the, the kind of organic, kind of weird punky elements to it just make it totally stand out. There's absolutely no way that, you know, a movie like Akira happens without some sort of influence from Burst City mostly because the, the kind of backdrop and aesthetics of it just kind of feel like, in some ways, the kind of proto-Akira. It has, I'll, I'll be honest, like little in the way of great standout performances, uh, and the script, what little there is, is pretty basic, but it's the film style here that really makes it stand out. Like I say, it's a, a kind of combination of music video, art house, and, and kind of guerrilla shot footage brought together against the backdrop of some really great punk music here. The, the bands that they mentioned in the description, whether it is The Stalin, The Roosters, The Rockers, or INU, are all great bands and their music is catchy and infectious and it pulls you forward. The The crowd, I, I get a feeling we, you, we use quite a lot of stock footage for the crowd, it works. And it's all about more a vibe and a, an aesthetic and a sound than it is necessarily against a narrative or, or, or kind of push for storytelling. I thought this was brilliant. Uh, in terms of a grade for this one, it is a 4 out of 5. There really isn't much more I can say about it because there isn't really much that happens in the movie overall. I would say it's one that you should definitely tick off your list though if you're into Japanese cinema. I can see this one being a high watermark and subsequently after watching the movie, I've thought of other movies I've seen which clearly were influenced by this. I imagine the experimental nature of this movie has a direct influence on something like uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man. I can't imagine it wouldn't be. But definitely through the kind of the cyberpunk scene that they've got and then maybe even longer term into some of the, the kind of 90s crime stuff that we've got as well just the depiction of the yakuza it just kind of feels in line with that i thought it was i thought it was great i would give this a four out of five for sure please check it out it is available right now via the arrow player now like i said before the arrow player which you can get at arrow-player.com is available on your browser you can get it on Apple TV. You can get it on Roku if you're in the States. Amazon Fire Stick. Um, yeah, it's all over the place just now. And if you sign up, you get 30 days free. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Um, they are doing a kind of beautifully curated list of movies at the moment. And don't be concerned if you're like, well, I'm like Duncan Owen, all the other titles. It's not like that. It's a channel that is being used, kind of like Shudder started but kind of went away from. They are curating themes each month and getting movies from different filmmakers out with the Arrow library in there. So I think last month you got a Lars von Trier collection of movies. Now obviously um, they are doing some von Trier this year. Um, Nymphomaniac volumes 1 and 2 I think are coming out on Arrow this year. 
But you've got all these other movies uh, were up there as well, so like Antichrist and shit. So like a, a list of those movies that you could go and check out. So they're doing that monthly as well. This month you're getting a lot of kind of Asian-based cinema, which is why Burst City was recommended up to me to check out. I have another title from that collection that I'll be reviewing probably two weeks' time. Very much looking forward to that. That's Black Test Car, so that'll be coming in two weeks' time for you guys to check out, along with another title as well, which I'm also super excited to finally get to this one. I also got a physical copy of this one, and it's been sitting on the shelf, uh, which is um, Shogun's Torture of Joy. So that's that, that came through the same time as GSE uh, via MVD. So that will be making its way through uh, two weeks' time for review for you. So another double bill of Asian cinema, and I can't fucking wait. Right, so I'm going to take my final break when I come back and closing out the show, and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been bonus episode 333 reviewing two screeners of arrow video titles that are available right now gse which is available physically and via the arrow player and burst city which is also available physically and via the arrow player the arrow player as i said before the last break can be found at arrow-player.com and it's free for your first 30 days, or jump onto the Arrow site and uh, get yourself a little copy of GSA because that should be in your collection. And if you like Asian cinema, get that Burst City in that collection as well because trust me, that is a movie you will come back to somewhere down the line for show. Big thanks to Fetch, to Arrow, and also to MVD for access to the screener copies reviewed for this episode. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. Wherever you're listening to me right now, hit subscribe. That way you get access to the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of T-Putts content. Why not also subscribe to the T-Putts Collective where you'll get access to Where to Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty and Chronicle, all at the touch of your finger tips. Subscribing to those feeds, best way to support what I do. Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts is available also online and the best place to get all the shows I do plus access to those shows is going to tputtscast.com and following the links from there. The merch page for podcasts under the stairs is tputtscast.bigcartel.com You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputtscast the tputts collective facebook.com forward slash tputtscast you can interact with myself and the Baz on the Twin Prongs of Social Media Sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at TeapotsCast. The podcast under the stairs will return for you this coming Monday as we continue our journey through the sexy, sexy Jallo box sets of Forgotten Jally. We'll be uh, bringing you some of the cool heat and thunder uh, from a movie called The French Sex Murders. That's right. That's coming your way this coming Monday. And until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.